Good evening, nerdlings everywhere, and welcome back to the Nerd Fix, the podcast where we talk about everyone and everything in anime, manga, video games, and everything under the sun. In this episode, we will be doing another creepypasta reading in celebration of Black Friday titled The Black Friday Incident. So for those of you who are creepypasta fans or horror fanatics out there, sit back, relax, and get ready for your creepy fix. The early stages of production on the film Toy Story were a complete nightmare. Freddy Krueger worked on Toy Story? The production was in a sort of development hell until the infamous Black Friday incident. Many animators went to an anti to a Walmart on Black Friday. None returned alive. Disney harassed the, the then new animation studio Pixar constantly. They were to reduce and release the film, and they wanted the results as quickly as possible. Dis- Disney tried everything to uh, eliminate Pixar's efforts to deviate from the Disney formula, even at times threatening to shut down the production da- to shut the production down. Disney sent notes to revisions that they thought would improve the film. They assisted through their notes, to which all read, Woody and Buzz are Andy's toys, okay? They are not his mom's toys. Edge. The film needs more edge. The people working on the film at the time struggled so hard to maintain all of Disney's notes and demands. Once a week, they were required to fly across the country to the Disney office to present them with progress. Every time they were met with the same response. Edge. The film needs more edge. It needs to be edgy and extreme. Pixar revised the film so hard to meet the deadlines that it resulted in some rather interesting changes. In order to achieve Edge, the film became quite a lot darker. Toy Story, directed by Tim Burton. Woody became a wildly unlikable character, much more angrier and angry and far less comedic than in the final film. Bo Peep's role in the story was far more prevalent often flirtatious towards the male characters as in the first to accuse Woody of pushing Buzz out of the window. Buzz Lightyear was referred to at this point in production as Lunar Larry. Other, others' names not used including Spaceman Stu, Astronaut Alien, and Captain James Toy Kirk. He is high, highly resonant of an older superhero, talking in a deeper voice, and is even more deluded and ignorant of his surroundings. The other toys were rel- relatively unchanged, save for minor aesthetic differences. Pixar employees worked literally 24-7 non-stop. Director John Lasseter joked more on more than one occasion that he had the best parking space at the office because his car had moved for over three days. Some of the writers and storyboard artists began to suffer from chronic insomnia. A few writers reported seeing visions of Buzz and Woody taunting them on their lack of progress, chanting, Ooga Chaka, Ooga Chaka. Edge. The film needs more edge. Many of the initial writers quit due to the stress it was putting on their personal lives. Much 
to the distress of the remaining crew. By November of 1992, there were two of the five writers left, and only one of the three storyboard artists. The remaining storyboard artist was named Ralph Thompson. He joined the Pixar team in the winter of 1987, working on short films such as Tin Toy and Knickknack. He at the same time did some storyboard work for Nightmare Before Christmas with fellow artist Joe Ramp. Joe came down with a serious illness and hadn't been to work in a week. Ralph worked constantly in fear of the inevitable correction by Disney. More edge. More edge. Each presentation meant another row of sleepless nights, of rewriting and redrawing the same characters in the same bedroom over and over and over. It was maddening. One morning, John Lasseter, Andrew Staten, and other higher-ups at Pixar came into the office and told everyone what happened at their last meeting. Disney felt that things were not looking very good for their film and demanded that, in less than a week, they see the complete film in story reels, storyboard with audio, with massive revisions. Narrator. Soon as the announcement, after this announcement, those Disney execs were found dead. There was a great general groan and whining from the crew, and they went back to working. Ralph worked harder than all the others involved. Sometimes at two o'clock in the morning, one of the writers would walk into Ralph's office with a packet of newly written scenes, more to draw, and with more drawings meant more scratch voice work. When a film is still in writing story four stages, artists will do temporary voices for the story reels. He had Disney's vague instructions racing through his mind. More, more edge, edgier. We want results, people, edgier. This is a business, faster, more edge. Move on already, he thought, he thought to himself. That Teletubbies we called Teletubbies because they have televisions on their tummies. Of course, how come he had not seen it? This exactly. The film needed an edge. It needed to be darker, more cynical. It needed more adult humor and situations. It needed an attitude, of course. Ralph, you goddamn retard. How could you not? How couldn't you see it sooner? He wasn't wearing glasses or contacts. Edge. All of those hundreds of hours bent over a desk and all you needed was edge. Why didn't you listen sooner? He gave the film an edge. The story reels were flown over with the man cr main crew to the head offices at Disney. The date was November 27, 1992, Black Friday. The film was brought into Dis the Disney screening room. The reel was about 48 and a half minutes long. The movie started out as a western-type shoot be out between Woody and a Andy, resulting in Andy being shot down. Andy died soon afterward. It is revealed that this was just the game played inside of Andy's mind. The film continued on with little problems for about the first 20 minutes or so. Through several g gags seemed off with the overall tone of the film. For example, Mr. Potato Head would pull out one of his eyes and kick them under Bo Peep's dress for a look-see. 
There were several scenes of Woody yelling at the toys to stop caring about Buzz, or Larry, and to pay attention to him. So Woody was Kanye West? Accumulating results and minor acts of violence, the scene came to where Andy can only take one toy to Pizza Planet, and Woody pushes Buzz out the window. Woody offers to shake hands with Buzz, only to throw him out the window. There is a stock smashing noise. The other toys are shocked and antagonize Woody for what he has done. Woody shows little remorse and screams at Stinky, at Slinky's dog to make the toys stop harassing him. After much yelling, one of the Green Army men is saying the word, God damn! All-Star Toy Story, written by Frank Miller. The toys grab Woody and toss him out the window as well. He falls out onto the ground with a loud, low thump. Cheering is heard from the interior of the house. The quality of the storyboards become much less refined and almost like chicken scratch. Woody gets up and sees Buzz, but Buzz's body is shat shattered on impact. His arms and legs were broken off and located only a few inches away. There was a large crack down the middle of his chest, revealing a mess of buttons and wires inside. He gave off a sort of electrical twitch motion on his in his head. His eyes looked as if they were about to pop out of the plastic sockets. The twitching stops, and after a few moments, Woody looks in fear as at what he has done to Buzz and runs off. There is a jump cut to the scene where the two get stuck in a claw machine. The storyboard artist art is back to its normal level of quality. The machine is filled with sunglass-wearing pizzas as opposed to the aliens in the finished movie. Buzz is completely unharmed and intact. The scene is almost verbatim, verbatim to the final film. Sid, the antagonist in control of the claw, is wearing a yellow t-shirt and is smoking three cigarettes at once. The claw grabs Woody and, Le and Buzz, putting them in the clutches of Sid. There is another jump cut, once again returning to the chicken scratch style of artwork. The scene is inside of Sid's room. Woody looks around the room in fear. He tiptoes around the room and collapses after seeing one of Sid's mutant toys. The reel now shows unrelated test animation of the characters running. After a few seconds of Buzz running in place, a few seconds of Woody running, and nearly a minute of the two running together, the footage is distorted as Spanish text is present on the screen. Kneel before Quidora. It looks like the clay models that, that got life. There is now a shot of Woody standing in front of a black back background, and a trademark Pixar ball is rolling around in, in the distance. The animation is now a traditional animation style of a 2D hissy fill. Woody is completely naked with an anatomical correct features. So I guess you could say we're seeing put sunglasses on. Woody's Woody. Yeah. And stares directly into the camera. His flesh begins to rot away, with the exception of his eyes, which remain completely intact. Woody begins to moan in a low voice.
What remains of his lips curled into a smile, bits of flesh peeling off of his off as this happens. He lifts up his decomposing arm manually and waves into the camera. His fingers dig into his eyes. Blood, dark blood oozes out of the dark of their sockets. Woody begins to scream and growl. Don't you want it? Don't you want it? Don't you want my eye? Because I don't, I have no use for it. He digs so deep as to rip the entire top half of his head off. Woody gives a sigh of relief. It begins eating the flesh off of the skull before tossing it aside. He writes the word edge on the screen with his rotting fingertips. The remaining 15 minutes of the reels were pencil scribbles accompanied by the shrill screams of a young woman. The word edge is burned in the projection screen. The screening ended in complete silence. Chairman of Disney at the time, Jeffrey Katzenberg, walked out of the screening quietly telling his colleagues, Edge. The film needs less edge. Notes. They were following all the notes they were giving them. Upon returning to the Pixar office, writer Peter B. Doctor found the body of Ralph Thompson in an enormous pile of papers in his office. Further analysis found that the cause of death was a heart attack brought on a lack of sleep and stress. The papers were all storyboard animation cells of the final coherent scene of Woody. The word edge scrawled on the back of each one. After the Black Friday screening, Disney was far less involved with the film. Pixar was given the freedom to make the film their way. The film went on to be a huge success, both critically and financially. The Black Friday incident still remains very much a mystery. Not really. You gotta just explain what the the whale incident. So, it's not much of a mystery. Whole incident. And that, my friends, was the Black Friday incident. I do apologize if there were a bit of hiccups in the episode as I did the recording. But if you enjoyed the episode and the entirety of this, let me know in a questionnaire if there are any other creepypastas you want me to cover in the future in the questionnaire I will post at the end of the episode on Spotify. I'll also post the poll at the end of the episode of characters you want me to cover in a future creepypasta episode as well. For those who have stuck around towards the entirety of the episode, thank you so much for listening. And as always, whether you believe in the Terminator or not, keep loving what makes you, you and stay awesome. Thank you for stopping by. I'll see you next time for a brand new episode. Later.